Okay, good morning. Today's daf is daf Lamed, uh, Lamed Bays. We're gonna go, um, we're gonna go from uh, the bottom of Lamed Aleph, Lamed Bays 31b. And today's shiz, Le'ibu Nishmas Haraf Moshe, Yohanna Ben Yaakov. May his neshama have an aliyah and may his memory be a blessing. Okay, so we were discussing Kibra Ba'im, and we got up to, it's the second wide line on 31b. You can honor your parent while he's alive and while he is dead. Important to note, the Orach HaShulchan says all these halachas, though they in the masculine about, ah, your father, your father, your father, they apply equally to your mother. We haven't, we haven't seen any reason to distinguish between Kivud Aim and Kivud Av and Kivud Aim, except there's one difference is if your parents are married, then your mother is also has a degree uh, obligation of covered for the father, and therefore the son would give the child, the child would give precedence to the father. The other distinction we saw is also in regards to the children, the difference between a son and a daughter is that when a daughter is married, she's uh, more bound to her husband than her family, and therefore she can't always fulfill the mitzvah of kibbut of her aim be expected of a son, but otherwise for all our lochas they're equal. So even though, as I said, it's in the man it's speaking about to a father, to a father, it should be equally to a father and a mother. Again, but but also interestingly enough, I think this is important to note, like towards the top of Lamad Alifamud Bayes, we mentioned that um, the way a parent approaches their son is different, or their child is different, and therefore it would be, it could have ramifications. For example, he asked, I don't remember who it was, he says, when I come, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, it was Rabbi Yaakov Baravoy, he said, I come home from Yeshiva, and my parents are so happy to see me, I'm their cherished, beloved son, so they want to do things for me. Am I allowed to let them? He says, it's a difference between, because when a father does something for you, or when a mother does something for you, they're coming from a different uh, place in their heart, and therefore you have to be more careful when your father's doing something for you than when your mother's doing something for you. But again, where, you're, where it's the joy and the excitement, the joy and the happiness is from the parent, well then he, they are allowed to, the child is allowed to have let the parent do something for them. Okay, so there, so, so important to also take into account the, what do the parents want and is it, uh, um, is it happy for them? But now back to where we are. So it's machabdo b'chai of machabdo b'moysa. Yeah, I think it's important in the laws of Kibbutz Avraham to be sensitive. We'll see, you know, language used, um, the way you do it. Not only that, just uh, how to go about saying certain things. Those would really often depend on uh, your relationship with your parents or the relationship with the child. Um, those that's important. But okay, but back to Al Gamora. So it's You have to honor your parents in their life and in their death. It says Bakhayov, how do you honor him while he's alive? Bakhayov Kate so Hanishma Bidovar Oviv um Hanishma Bidovar Oviv Lamakom. If you know that at that place they would act hearing something in your father's name, Lo Yomar Shluchani Bishvil Atmi. Don't say, you know, send me on my behalf, or Muhurani Bishfil Atmi, hurry on my behalf, or Putrani Bishfil Atmi, release me on my behalf. Ela Kulu Bishfil Abba, rather say, on behalf of my father. So again, where you'll get an equal result, instead of asking them to do it on your behalf, ask them to do it on your father's behalf, because again, that's now, now when they do it, it's out of respect for your father. The Moisokaitar, how do you honor your parent in their death? So, how you honor your father in their 
if you are saying something in their name, don't say this is what my father said. Rather say, this is what my father said, and I should be a, a kapora for his uh, uh, for his uh, in his death. That's all within 12 months. From then onwards, you should say, In uh, may his memory be blessed and go and may he go to Olam Haba for, for eternal life in Olam Haba. So that's um, so we see honoring your parents is how, firstly, if people are doing things on their behalf, but in their death, it's mentioning them for life. Uh, uh, mentioning them with a, with a bracha that within the first 12 months you should say hareini mish um, what was the phrase hareini mish kaporis mish I am atonement for my parent why do you say that? because a person can be judged for the first 12 months and therefore you're hoping that your actions and your existence will be a kapora and they can have olam haba. So that's the honoring of your parents in their day. Why the first 12 months? As we know, that's how long a person can be judged for. They ask the question, I saw the Orach HaShulchan discusses it, I think it was in the name of the Taz, but, uh, the Orach, but I saw it in the Orach HaShulchan, that um, Simon Reishman, Reishman or Reishman based, I don't know if you do want to look it up, um, but he says there that but by Kaddish we only say up to 11 months. And the reason is because only a Rosha is judged for the first, uh, for, for, for a full 12 months. So you don't want to say, so what's the difference? Why well, all of a sudden here you can say as an atonement for my father, as an atonement for my father. And there you can say, we say rather only say Kaddish for 11 months. So firstly it got me speaking, it got me thinking that you shouldn't do either because... By saying every time you get up and you say something in the name of your father and you add on the phrase, and I should be, I should be an atonement for him, you're saying, my father's done that many averas. <laughs> so from day one, it should be a little bit of a problem. And maybe Kaddish as well. Okay, but either way, they weren't concerned about that. They were just concerned, why is there a difference? Kaddish only for 11 months and this for 12 months. So one, one answer was, Kaddish is more public and therefore it's a greater... Expression of, uh, of, uh, of of bringing people awareness that your that your father needs merit, whereas this is more private, and it's uh, and therefore it wouldn't be a problem. Okay, there was another answer, but I forgot it. Yeah, zichrona livracha. So, so in Al Gomorrah it was a whole phrase. It was zichrona livracha lechaye ha'olam haba. And I don't know if you've ever seen, sometimes people do write after their father's name, not just Zayn Lamed, Zichrona Livrocha, they also write Zayn Lamed, Lamed Hey Hey, for the whole phrase. Okay, but carrying on, When a Chochom is giving a Joshua, he should change the name of his father and his Rebbe. But the Maturgaman does not have to change the name of his father or the name of his Rebbe. What's the Maturgaman doing? He's the one who, remember, he's the loudspeaker. So the Rav gives him the drosh and he says it aloud. So he doesn't have joke. So he says, Avod the man, whose name, whose father are we saying that the Maturgaman doesn't have to change? Elaim Avod the Maturgaman, if it's the name of the Maturgaman, Atuturgaman Abarchiyuvahu, isn't he obligated to respect his father? He can't say. So again, so you have the Rav giving the drosha. 
So Rabbi Lezer gets up and says, uh, I don't know, uh, Rabbi Shimon says. So Rabbi Lezer's father was Rabbi Shimon. He can't say that. So he has to say, my father, Zichron of Rufracha, used to say. But the Maturgaman, what does he say? So it can't be that he... Um, so, so, so maybe the Maturgaman, let's say Rabbi Eliezer is the Maturgaman, you telling me that because he's the Maturgaman, he can say Rabbi Shimon says? Obviously not. The Maturgaman doesn't have to change the name of the father of the, of the thing. So granted, when Rabbi Eliezer is giving the drosha, he says, my father, Zichron Rocha says, and the Maturgaman says, Rabbi Shimon says. That's what we're saying. Hello, um, Ki hod Omar Ma Baravashi, Ki have a Dorish Papirka when Ravashi, Mar Baravashi, the son of Ravashi, was giving his drosha in public. Iyo Omar Abba Moiri, he would say, My father, my teacher. Va Moira Omar, and the Moira would say, Hachi Omar Ravashi, this is what Ravashi said. Obviously, this could be whether the father is alive or deceased. Not saying your father's name would apply in both those cases. Ton Rabon, Ezu Moira, Ezu Kovat. What is respect for your parent? You know, Oviv Imotiro'u. And what is covered? Covered as a Now this is the this is in a way a foundation for the basic halachas that we know of Kibur Aim. Obviously, I have to take these principles and apply them. Um, but it says, Lo, what is so Moira? What is all of your father? It says, Don't stand in his place, don't sit in his place, and don't contradict him. Below Machria, do not weigh in. On a debate, uh, if your father and someone else are having a discussion, don't step in and say, uh, even if it's to agree with your father, my father's correct, because that's implying my father needs my support, which again is detracting from his honor. So again, the Orach HaShulchan points out, all of these are detracting from the all, from the respect that someone should have their parents. Kivud, what is honoring your parent? says, um, you give them food to eat, what to drink, you clothe them, help them get dressed, you cover them, you help them in and out. So those are all positive acts you do to help your parents, to show honor to them, is to help them and do things for them. Very important question. So you have to provide food for them, you have to provide clothes for them. Whose money are you spending? Or do you have to spend your own money in the midst of Kibbutz Avaim? Or do you use your father's credit card when you're uh, doing COVID for him? You're going to get him supper, you're going to uh, buy him clothes. You, is it your credit card or your father's credit card? So Rav Yehuda, Omar Rav Yehuda says, Michel Ben, you have to spend your own money. Rav Nosan Bar Oshaya, Omar Rav Nosan Bar Oshaya says, Michel Av, you only have to spend your father's money. Now they point out, obviously if your father is poor, so, according to this opinion, you're not obligated to spend your money for the mitzvah of Kivur Ba'im, but you still have the mitzvah of Tzedakah. And your father, if you're looking with institutions and people that you want to give Tzedakah to, your father should be quite high on the list, should be, if not first, on the list. So, but then that would fall into the, the halachas of Tzedakah, not the halachas of Obviously, there is an aspect of it, but that, according to this opinion. Um, Tosos the Re asks a very interesting question. So he says, according to the top Tosos on the page, he says, Medak the Re, the Re um, was a bit particular, looked into this carefully. He says, Lamanta Omar Michel Ben. What happens if you like, so according to the opinion that you have to spend your own money in Kivurav the son has to spend his money. Imnizdamimlo Kivurav, Vavedes Atmo, Vavedes Chaveiro, Kaitzad Yase. 
if he's in a scenario where he has to choose between doing kibbutz av, getting, excuse me, getting his own lost object or saving his friend's lost object, what should he do? And I explains why it's such a why you get stuck because in Yashon Bekovod Avid Halo Averos Chaveiro Kodemes Kodomrinu Ba'elu Metzios. If he's going to do, if he has a choice between his Kivurava, he's going to do Kivurava Aim. Well, then he should actually go and do the mitzvah of Ashova Saveda. That takes precedence. Mitzvahs take precedence over Kivurava Aim. Um, um, says Bahayol. Um, so, so that's the, the and then he proves that. Um, yeah. Then he says, "Ve'im, ve'im ya'asok ba'avedas chaveira harav ve'dosok chom demet." If you're going to say, "Okay, so I can't do kibud avaim, I must go do deal with my friend's lost object, fulfill that mitzvah," well, then actually your property comes before your friend's property, so you should actually go do your property. But now we've said that you have to spend money on your father. So you have to be prepared to give up on your Shabbos Avayda, so you should be doing Kibbutz Avayim. But then we're back in our, at the starting point. If you have to do Kibbutz Avayim, well then you have to... So that's the re that question. I'm not going to go into the answer now. Um, but um, he says uh, his... Uh, I'm not going to explain the logic of his answer, but I'll just give you the answer if you're ever in that uh, pickle. Um, your property comes first. But that's uh, interesting, but interesting. Whichever one you're doing, you should look at it from a different perspective and be doing something else. Um, they paskin for um, Rav Yirmiya, or some say it was the son of Rav Yirmiya, that it's like the opinion that you do Michel Av. And that's the uh, Tosos bring... Um, that, yeah, that is the primary mitzvah. It seems that that's how many paskin. That the halacha is, you don't have to spend your own money on kibbutz aim. You just have to spend your father's money for him or your parents' money for them. And then he just brings uh, Tosas just bring interest. He says, Okay, your father's no worse than anyone else if you have money and he doesn't have money to provide for him. They challenged this. The Pesach says you must honor your father and your mother and you must honor Hashem. And the other Pesach says that you must honor Hashem from your wealth. Just as we know you have to spend money to honor Hashem, so too you have to spend money in this mitzvah. They're uh, connected, these two mitzvahs. You tell me that you only ever have to spend your parents' money in honoring them. What difference does it make? You're not going to lose any money. So he says, no, to not working. Ah, your father needs a lift to somewhere. He has a doctor's appointment or something. You have to give up on earning money to go help, to go help them. You, you don't have to pay. You can take his car yeah. and his credit card to pay for the doctor, but you have to be prepared to give up your, the money you could earn for your father. So you don't have to lose your own money, but you have to give up on potential money. Interesting, you'd have to weigh up nowadays where, I don't know, you have a, what's it, 9 to 5 job and you're going to get, uh, I don't know, you can't take or penalized or fired or whatever it is um, for taking off. You have to work because you have to sacrifice your livelihood. I would, uh, if I remember correctly, you don't have to. 
Would your father want you to lose your job so that you can take him to the doctor? Probably not, but again, it's not so. It's not so straightforward. But yeah, I think if I remember correctly, you don't have to lose your job for that. But okay, Toshma, because that would be Toshma. Okay, another proof to try answer our question again. To go off, do you have to spend your own money? Your father man says, "Beis Achim." If you have two brothers or Shnei Shutokim, two partners, Ha'av or Beno, or a father and his son. A Rav Vitalmido or a Rebbe and his student. So these are just pairs of people. Why? Says, remember, we learned, we saw actually a few days ago that when you're coming to redeem Master Shani, if you're redeeming your own Master Shani, you have to add on a fifth. If you're redeeming someone else's Master Shani, you don't have to add on a fifth. So all these people we're going to say do not count as your own money. It counts as someone else's money. Even though if, like a father and a son are very, very close, we don't say the son redeeming his father's master or the other way around is him doing it himself. Says, but let's see, Poiden Master Shani, they're allowed to redeem Master Shani for each other. And they can feed each other Master Oni. If you have Master Oni to give, you can give it to your business partner, you can give it to your Rebbe, you can give it to your father, or a father can give it to his child or his student, or something like that. He says, now be your mind, Michel Ben. If the son has to spend his own money on Kibur Abayim, you're using this money that you're supposed to give to poor people to fulfill your obligation. That can't be. He says, no. So therefore, must, must be, by the fact that it says a son can spend his master only on his father must be he doesn't have to spend his own money and this is a gift that he's giving his father master only so my answer is no it's not a good proof that would be for extra things I, this that you we're, we're qualifying this according to the opinion that you have to spend your own money on that's for the basics but for anything extra then you would be allowed to spend master only diktani it says, oh, what about what we taught regarding it? Omar of Yehuda, Tavo Meira Lemisha Machalas Avi Maser Oni. The person who feeds his father Maser Oni should be cursed. Vila Dafa My Nafkamina. If it's for excess, I if you're not, you you're allowed to spend Maser Oni on your father for a bit more than his basic needs. Why should it be such a big deal? Why should you um, be cursed? It says, no, Vila Hachi Zila Bay Milsa. That's degrading. I think what it's saying is that if a person can afford to spend his own money and he's using Maser Oni money to support his parents, that's very degrading. That's, um, it's, it's, degra- it's disgraceful for a person to behave like that. This case, so let's still, we don't have an answer to our question because all these proofs we brought, you can look at either way. It says, let's try again. How far do you have to go for Kibra Ba'im? So, Omar Lohem, to the degree that your parent takes a wallet full of money and he throws it into the sea and you don't go and shame, embarrass your parent. It says, and if you're telling me that you only have to spend your father's money for Kibir what's the big deal? So it's his money, he's losing out. Okay, and if you have to spend your own money, well, and then your father's throwing money out, that's a big deal. But if it's you have to, it says, no, Baroila Yarsha. You still, it's uh, money you could inherit. This person who's doing the midst of Kibir is losing out by his father. Still, to not shame him would be... Um, 
would be the correct way to show respect. It says, like the teaching of Rabbi Baravuna, Rav Huna tore the silk clothes, his own silk clothes, before Rabbi his son. Well, Omar, he said, Azel Ezzi Iratach Iloratach. I want to see if he gets angry or not. I want to test his level of kibbutz of aim. I'm going to be wearing these very fancy, very expensive clothes, and I'm going to tear them and see how he reacts. But how could the father do this? He's going to tear his clothes. If his son does get angry at him, He's made his son transgress. Well, the opposite of Kibur Abba'im. So, that is it. How could he do this? He's causing, he's setting his son up. He's making his son, you're not allowed to put a stumbling block before a blind person. You're not allowed to make a person do an Abba'ira. You can't do something to test someone else because if they do fail, you've made them do an Abba'ira. So he says, no, the Mokholei, the Akkorit, where the father waved his honor. He says, I'm going to do this test. I don't mind if he abuses me for uh, for throwing this for, for ruining these expensive clothes but isn't it, again another problem you're dealing with it's you can't just tear your clothes it's wasting it says no he's tearing them along the seams it will be easy to fix that's not considered um um, oh well the son's going to say it's not a big oh, my father's tearing his garments along the seams it's not a big deal so what sort of test is this he says no the overlay, the he did it at a time when his son was angry so he, or a little so his son wouldn't be um, his son wouldn't be concentrating and therefore he would think that he's damaging these good clothes now if his son was not on the proper level of Kibbutz Aim, he would start, I guess, shouting at his father or be angry with his father. So that's this test. Now there's a lot to discuss in this, as you can see, um, just a few of the points. Firstly, um, making someone angry, that's really bad. Don't we say anyone who's angry is Ke'ilu Oyvei So it's all very well to say you're testing his Kibbutz Aim, but now if he does get angry, you've made him as if you served Avodah So someone is saying, look, this that you say, anger is like a Vodazara, that's when a person gets furious. Yeah, he was pretty confident his son wouldn't get furious, he'd just get a little bit angry. Okay, I don't know, yeah. Um, second thing to discuss is just Lifnei Iver in general. There's a lot to discuss in the mitzvah of Lifnei Iver. Um, one of the a popular questions on Lifnei Iver is, we say that you're not allowed to cause someone to stumble. Do we say that when you, if someone does cause their friend to stumble, is it as if they did the Avera, or is that a separate Avera? Uh, let me just think what the difference was. Lafgamina uh, was you know, along the lines of, I mean, this is taking an extreme example. If you're trying to persuade someone to do one of the Gimel Chamuras, would you have to rather give your life than, get some, than uh, set someone else up to do it? Because it says, if you lift the Iver, it says, if you do in Avera. Or do we say, no, it's not the same, and you wouldn't have to give your life rather than do that. Okay, and then Baltashkis also. Um, how far do we go with Baltashkis? Um, a lot, again, a lot to discuss there. But just uh, one point is, generally, for a, you, you always have to wait for positive. We're put in this world, we're allowed to use it. You're allowed to do things. At what point does a switch from 
constructive, like here he wants to test his child, we say that's still not constructive enough to be allowed to damage clothes. But isn't a testing your child, checking that they're on the right track, a very important uh, midah? So uh, you have to weigh up when, when discussing about touch, just what the gain is against the loss. Um, they ask, yeah, let's, let's leave it and go on in the day. Cheers, man. So, Masni law, Rabbi Yecheskel, Lami Bray. And his Rabbi Yecheskel taught Rami his son. And his Rafim bin Iskalin, if you have people who are high of Misa, and the people who are high of, remember, there are four different types of Misa that Basin give Skila, Shreifa, Herring, and Chene. And you've got a mixture. Again, I don't know how you've been through a whole court case sentencing someone to death, and somehow you don't know who's who, and you've got a group of people mixed up, some of them high of Shreifa, and some of them high of Skila. Important to note, as we go and read this Brysa, when the Gomorrah uses the phrase, X mixed into Y, Y is always the bigger amount. So the milk that falls into the meat, we mean a drop of milk into a pot of meat. If it's the other way around, meat that falls into milk, we mean a little bit of meat. So if we've got Nisrofim Beniskalim, we're saying that there are few people who are high of Shreifa, and a, a, a larger percentage of the group is high of Skila. Rabbi Shimon, Rabbi Shimon says, Yodunu Beskila, you give them Skila, Sheha Shreifa Chamura, because Shreifa is more strict. Rabbi Shimon holds the most severe of the of the death penalties is Shreifa. Therefore, you've got a mixture of people, you're not sure what to do, you give them the latter one, Skila. Says, Omar Lei, Rabbi Yehuda Bray, Rabbi Yehuda, the son of Rabbi Yehezkel, said to him, Abba, you shouldn't teach the Mishnah like that. Why? It doesn't prove that Shreifa is stricter. You should learn out that it's because they're the rob, they're the majority. Again, we said that skiller mixed into Shreifa. Um, if you have a few people who are high of Shreifa mixed into a large group who are high of skiller, why are you giving them? you telling me it's because Shreifa is more. Uh, you telling me it's because skiller is more lenient. It's not because skill is more lenient, it's because there are more people that are going after Rob. So if you're going to teach, so how you should teach the Mishnah is, and Iskolim ben Israfim, those who are deserving skiller are mixed into a larger group of those deserving Shreifa. And that's what Rabbi Shimon says, no, you don't follow Rob, you give them the latter punishment of skiller. So Omalei, the father, Rabbi Cheskel, said to his son, What about the Seifer? No, you must give them Shreifer. That whole group must get Shreifer because skill is more severe. It says, That doesn't show that skill is stricter because it could just be Wadar Abonan saying you give them Shreifer because that's the majority. Says Omar Lay, so he replied to his father. He says, "No, Hazam Rabbanon who to come related Rabbi Shimon. The Rabbanon are responding to Rabbi Shimon. I want to Omar Shreifu Chamura, Lo Skila Chamura. This that you Rabbi Shimon are saying Shreifu Chamura, we're not discussing the case you're discussing because you're right. That doesn't uh, help us. But you said that Shreifu is Chamura. We're telling you that." Skiller is Chamura. I'm not sure whether the Rabbonin are saying in that case we should follow Rav or not. What would they pass? It seems a little bit, according to Rashi, that the Rabbonin would hold you follow Rav, but not because, but actually, even though um, you should follow Rav, we still say that 
skila is more severe. So that's interesting. I mean, that's a machlokes in Sanhedrin, which one's more severe. Rabbon and Paskin Skila, we also Paskin Skila. But now, what, what the whole point we bring in this discussion is because it was a discussion between Rabbi Yechezkel and his son, Rabbi Yehuda. So Amalei Shmuel, Rabbi Yehuda... Uh, I'll come back to that. Omele Shmuel the Rav Yehuda, Shinana. Shmuel said to his student, Rav Yehuda, the sharp one. He always referred to Rav Yehuda as the sharp one because he was very, very smart. He says, You shouldn't speak to your father like that. The Tanya, as we learned in a Torah. if someone's father was transgressing the words of the Torah, don't say to your father, you transgress, look, 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 you're doing an Abayra. Don't speak to your father like that. You say to him, Say, Dad, look what's written in the Torah. If you straight out point out to him, look what the Pasuk says, you're going against the Torah, that's going to distress him. You're not allowed to cause your father distress. Rather, you say to him, There's a Pasuk which says, in the Torah, which says this, I, in a very roundabout way, that you're not actually accusing your father of doing an Abeira, you letting him decide whether he's in line with the Pasuk or not. Um, if you want, you can move that a little bit over. Um, okay, but so, so he's saying, but what, what I think for us, to get out of the Sukhya, obviously when you do want to argue with your father, correct your father, it's got to be done in the in a very in the correct way. Here we're speaking more about rebuking your father. You're saying, Dad, what you said is wrong. What you're doing is wrong. But again, obviously how you say that. And I think it would also depend on the language. I, don't, I wouldn't use the exact phrases that the Gomorrah uses when we speak in English and we have a different approach. Again, someone who wants to teach their children or teach themselves. Yeah. So what we mentioned earlier is again, when it's, uh, the, the, the poskim discuss how far do you take that? Just that you, you're definitely in Torah, you're allowed to argue with your father. It's a mitzvah to arrive at the truth. We see throughout history, children and fathers learning together. So what do you think? Every time the father said something, the son was, okay, thanks, Dad. And then the dad says something, the child's, okay, thanks, Dad. There's actually a story I think they say with, um, I heard they said, uh, I think it was Rav Aaron Salavechik and Rav Yosheber Salavechik. Both phenomenal, phenomenal Tamilech Chachomim. Their father was Rav Moshe Salabaychik, the son of the famous Rav Chaimbru Salabaychik. And they asked Rav Aaron, I think he, he said, he said Rav Yosha Bear was, became greater than me because he was more confident in arguing with our father. When they were learning, he would always ask and debate it and check. You know, uh, what's it? Uh, a bashful person who doesn't not prepared to ask any questions wouldn't learn. So again, I'm not saying that from the side of Kivur Abba'im, um, but just from a, a son is definitely allowed. I think it, the question is how? How are you speaking? How are you doing it? Is it in public? Again, if your father's having a halachic debate with someone else, and you come in and say, well, I think so and so is right, or Dad, I think you're right, that's when it's. Uh, Inappropriate, but to discuss Torah, a rabbi in his Talmud, you have to have extreme amount of covered for your Rebbe, but you also allow it to debate and argue with him in Torah. Um, again, the post can discuss it in England, it's discussed in Shulchan Aruch, I'm not uh, um, obviously, not, not obvious, but yeah. Um, yeah, I did see, like some say, if you have a very, very clear proof that your father is correct, that all like basically close argument, then you would be allowed to give it. Um, but okay, discussion on that. Eli, uh, uh, yeah. Elazar ben Masia, Elazar ben Masia said, Abba Oimer Hashdeni Maim, 
If your father says, give me something to drink and you have another mitzvah to do. You always leave the covered and you go and do the other mitzvah. And the smarter, the logic is because me and my father are obligated in doing mitzvahs. Isi ben Yehuda, Isi ben Yehuda says, no, he doesn't know like that. He says, imeshal a mitzvah, lasos hagedachayim, if you're able to do a mitzvah through some, if the mitzvah could be done by someone else, taaseh al yedachayim, you should let others do it, v'yeleichu b'chavar aviv, and you go and do chavar aviv. Omer Ramasna, and Ramasna says, halacha ki Isi ben Yehuda, the halacha is like Isi ben Yehuda. So this is where I wanted, I wanted to have the Orach HaShulchan here because he lays it out. But he basically says, if it's a mitzvah that you'll lose out if you don't do, I don't know, shaking lulahs, my kriyach, something like that, you do the mitzvah before kibbutz abayim. If it's a mitzvah that you won't lose out, then you do kibbutz and someone else could do it. Or, sorry, wait, no, I think it's a, if it's a mitzvah that you won't lose out, or it's a mitzvah that someone else could do, then you do kibbutz abayim. But in other scenarios, you would have to go and do the mitzvah. Um, yeah, Omar Bar said, Omar Masna, Omar Rav Chizda, in the name of Ramasna, in the name of Rav Chizda, If a father waves his honor, his honor is waved. Uh, so, your father has a seat in Shul, and he says, No, Ramah, did you sit there? Or he has his seat, and we, said, uh, we saw in the previous one that you're not allowed to sit in your father's seat if he has a regular place. At the table where he always sits and eats, you're not allowed to sit there. Um, interesting, they bring someone who bring that to and says, Father, there is because mothers don't generally or don't always have a set set seat. But as we pointed out, if they would, then the halachas would be the exact same um, between a father and a mother. But just as you're not allowed to sit in your father's seat, if your father says, No, I don't mind, you can sit there, then it would be fine. Um, a father is allowed to wave his honor. If a rabbi waves his honor, it's not waved. Even if a rabbi waves his honor, his honor is waved. Hashem walked before them during the day. What? Hashem Hashem's waving his honor and going before B'nai Israel. So Omar how can you compare them? How can you compare honoring your Rebbe and honoring Hashem? It says, The whole world belongs to Hashem, and the Torah is also Hashem's. So, he can waive the honor. But, but, is the Torah yours? The Torah is Hashem. So, if you're a Rav, how can you waive the honor? It's not up to you, it's Hashem's Torah. So you can't. Hanaroma Robert Robert retracted on that. He says, Ain't Torah delayhu. In Torah, yes, the Torah is the person who learned the Torah, it's his Torah. Dirsiv as it's written, in his Torah he shall learn day and night. So when you're learning Torah, it's your Torah. And therefore, if you want to waive the honor due to you because of your Torah, you should be allowed to. Now the Gemara is that what Rob already holds. Ini Vaho Rava Mashki Bay Hilula Debray. 
Rava was serving drinks at his son's wedding. And when he brought a drink to Rav Papa and Rav Huna, Braid Rav Yeshua, they stood up before him. Rava, the great Rava, came to his son's wedding, so he wants to bow and help with the party and pour some drinks for his friend, for his colleagues. But when he got to, they stood up for him. Ula Rav Mori, Ula Rav Pinchas, Braid Rav Chizda. And when he came before Rav Mori and Rav Pinchas, the son, or yes, I'm B'nai, the sons of Rav Chizda, Loi Komimikmai, they didn't stand up for him. And Ikbid, V'onor, Hanu Rabonon, Rabonon, V'hanu Rabonon, Lab Rabonon. He got upset with them. He says, what, do you think that you real rabbis, that you don't have to stand up for me, and those guys, those, my colleagues down there are not real rabbis, and that they do stand up for me. What do you think this is? You should be standing up. But what do we see? That Rava was still particular with his honor. He, he didn't just wave his honor. He says, Vatu, similar story, one second, Rav Papa had one second, Vatu, Rav Papa had a mashki bay hilula da abamar, mabre. Rav Papa was pouring drinks at the wedding of Abba, his son. Vidali lay kissed Rav Yitzhak, braid Rav Yehuda, and he came to pause a drink for Rav Yitzhak, braid Rav Yehuda, but come may, and he didn't stand up big bit, and he got cross. So from these two stories, we see that you can't wave your honor. They weren't prepared to wave the honor. So it must be Yvon says, No, boy. No, they should have at least done a token hidur. Uh, you know that, uh, see, uh, when the Roshiva walks in for the third time that day, that uh, half stand up. They should have displayed that they want to honor him, but they understand he's waving his honor. That's what they were upset about. Yeah, what's the, what was your question? Uh, it shows that the older generation seems to have more respect than the younger generation. I don't know the ages of these rabbis, so I don't know how you see it from here. No, it was at the wedding of their children, but it wasn't serving. <laughs> the wasn't necessarily serving. But, um, it's also interesting. I mean, if Rava's particular, I was just thinking what's a little bit difficult in this piece also is if Rava's the ones he's waved his honor to go and serve drinks. So why all of a sudden are we saying, but he was particular to make that they stand up for him? It's a little bit, unless, I mean, I guess uh, you could say it's different. It's his son's wedding, he wants to celebrate. So that's what he's doing. But when it comes to the recipient, he should be more sensitive. Not sure. From that aspect, I found it a bit confusing this piece. Okay, but now we're going to see a longer piece of this. If you have, even according to the opinion that a Rav is allowed to waive his honor, a Nasi is not allowed to waive his honor. A Nasi, the, the, what we're most familiar with as a Nasi, is the Nasi of the Sanhedrin. The head of the Sanhedrin, who was the Jewish leader of the time, um, a king, a head of a tribe, someone like that. Those are the Nazi, the the rulers of an Israel, not just, but not uh, like the, almost the king. It says So he said he can't wave his honor. It says There was an incident with Rabbi Elazar, Rabbi Yeshua, and Rabbi Torah. At the wedding of the son of Ramon Gamliel, the Ramon Gamliel, Oymedu Mashkelem, and Ramon Gamliel stood up to serve them drinks. Now Ramon Gamliel was the Nasi. Nasi, I call the Rebbe Eliezer, but I not lose Nasi, Rebbe Yeshua, Kibru. When he tried to pass a cup to Rebbe Yeshua, to Rebbe Eliezer, he wouldn't receive it. When he passed it to Rebbe Yeshua, Rebbe Yeshua was more than happy to take it. So Amalo Rebbe Eliezer, Mazei Yeshua, Anu Yoshim Ramon Gamliel, Oymedu Mashkelem, we're busy sitting 
and enjoying ourselves in Rabban Gamliel, standing us and serving our strings. So Amalei, so Rabbi Yeshua responded. He says, No, Matzinu Godol Mimenu, Sheshimesh Avram Godol Ator Sheshimesh. We find a case where someone much greater than him, the king of the generation, the leader of the generation, Avram Avinu, went out of his way to serve. He says, Avram Godol Ator He stood serving them. Avram served the three visitors who came. It says, And maybe you'll tell me that he knew they were angels, that's why he was prepared to serve them. It says, They appeared to him like Arabs. What we can't let, Rabban Gamliel, the son of Rebbe, uh, Rabban Gamliel the Great, serve our strings. Um, so, so very in short, what's happened? He says, "Well, look at Avram Avinu. Avram Avinu served other people drinks. Rabbi Gamliel wants to serve us drinks. We can accept the drinks from him. We don't have to be so concerned that quote a Rashi points out, how do we how do how do we know that Avram thought that they were Arabs, not angels? Yeah, so I was thinking that. So one of them is that." Um, so, so Rashi here brings, I think it's the same Rashi, brings on Chumash. He says, Wash your feet. And what was that? Because they served the dust of their feet. So he, that's his, uh, Rashi's proof that Abraham thought that they were Arabs is because he thought they'd been serving Abraham. If he knew that they were um, angels, he wouldn't have had to ask them to wash their feet. The Anu so. Says, why are you so focused on people giving up on their honor? Look at the cover of Hashem. Hashem causes the winds to blow and the rain, uh, the clouds to gather and the rain to come and he waters the earth. And make sure that there's food for every single person. And we can't let Rabban Gamliel the Great serve us. If he wants to give us a drink, we're allowed to let him, just as we let Hashem uh, prepare our food for us, etc. So if you're going to say something, this is what Rav Ashi must have said. Omar Rav Ashi, I feel the man to Omar is not see shemachol al koyda koyda machol, mele shemachol al koyda ein koyda machol. Even according to the opinion that the a nasi is allowed to wave his honor, so that would be Rabbi Lezer and Rabbi Tzadok. A king is not allowed to wave his honor. Shenemar, as it says, You shall place for yourself a king over you, that his fear must be on you. I, I, I think the drosha is the emphasis on he must be placed over you. He must always be over you. And that's as soon as pe- a king is not allowed to wave his honor at all. And that is because basically the, I don't want to say the power of a king, the mala of a king, is that he's that everyone's subjugated to something we have to think going in the, the next two days um, that, that that is the huge mile of Hashem that his fear is of, of, of Hashem well yeah that we recognize that he's king and he's in control and the whole world is his and if and that's also I mean obviously a human king gets um, inherits some of those attributes from Hashem as, as the king as a king in this world and if you would dismiss that, um, then you totally detracting from the point of a king. Now we move on to another mission. Once we've discussed Kibra we're now discussing respect for well here too, for your elders or for sages. It says you must stand up before 
a saiba. Saiba means an old person. You tell me this would mean even a zokain ashma. Now that would be, Rashi says, a wicked or a amaoret. I mean, they sound quite different. So why is Rashi saying a wicked person or an Amoret? But either way, he says, Would you have the? Would you assume that you have to stand up even before a wicked Zokain? Talmud Lama Zokain. No, the Torah says Zokain separately. The Ain Zokain El And when it says Zokain, it means a wise person. Shneimar, as it says, Ospoli Shivim Ish Mizikne Israel. Gather me seventy Zokainim from amongst Israel. What was Moshe looking for? 70 wise men, not 70 old men. Says gives another source. Zokain is someone who has acquired knowledge. Zokain is Zekonot, this one who has acquired says, um, Hashem has acquired me, the Torah, as the first of his way. So, so that's the. The first point is this, to be aware that we're not just speaking about an old person, we're actually speaking about a wise person. And then it says, Maybe you'd say you have to stand from him from as far, I guess, as far, however far away he is. You should stand up and... Um, and show him honor. You stand up where it is showing him honor. So only when he's nearby you is it really showing him honor. Would you think that you have to do hidur with money? Tamud loimar tokum vahadarto. Just as, uh, yeah, it seems Hadar has the connotation sometimes referring to displaying it with honor. So it says, no, stand up for Hadarto. Just as standing up, you don't have to lose any money. So too, when we're talking about Hidur, showing respect in this context, you don't have to lose any money. Maybe you even have to stand up for him in the bathrooms or the uh, bathhouses. Talmud Lomar, Tokum Vahadarto. No, it says, Tokum Vahadarto, Lomar, Tokima, Elaba Mokum Shehashirur. You only have to show respect in a place where it's Hidur, where it's when someone, when you're walking in the change room and someone stands up for you, that's not a display of Hidur. Yochul Yatim Ainov Komoshalaro. Is it possible that you'd be allowed to? Close your eyes, pretend you don't see. So you just keep your eyes focused on your Gomorrah when you see the sage walking past so that you don't have to stand up for him. Talmud Loma, the Torah says, Tokum v'yoreso. I should have actually read the whole Pasuk first, but I'll come back. The Pasuk ends up, stand up, and then you will fear your God. Whenever there's something that's totally dependent on your heart, the Pasuk says, don't think you can get away with it. You, other people might think that your mind's just in your Gomorrah and your eyes are looked down and you didn't see the rough. But, Hashem knows. You know, the, sorry, I should have. Um, the full Pasuk is, Mithnei Seva Tokum, before Seva you shall stand up. Mohodarto Penei Zokain, and show Hadar before the face of an elder. Vyoreso Melokech Ani Hashem, and show fear of God because I am Hashem. So we're reading how we read it as Mibnei Seva Tokum, Tokum Vahadarta, Vahadarta Bnei Zokain, 
Vahadartav Yoraisa. These are all these drashas in where we're putting the comma and how we're connecting it together. Again, this last one was Vahadartav Yoraisa is don't think you can uh, pretend you haven't seen him. It's interesting, why would, uh, like, I mean, obviously you can't pretend you haven't seen uh, seen, a, seen the rab and not stand up for him. How do we know that an elder, a zok, sorry, not an elder, a zokain, should not bother people? You should not try to get people to stand up for him. Because again, now we're connecting zokain to fear of Hashem. He should be more concentrating on him fearing Hashem than worrying about people showing him respect. Can we'll do one last Rosha Isi Ben Yehuda Tokum Afilu Kol Now, when the Pasuk says, so, that is saying any elder. So, according to, we're going to see this more tomorrow, but there's a difference between, are we making a distinction? How we've learned up to here, we basically put Seva and Tokum into the same category, and now he's saying, no, there's a Seva you have to stand up for, and there's a Zokan you have to stand up for. Save is an elderly person and a Zokain is a wise person. Okay, we'll come back and we'll continue with this discussion.